touchdown, Los Angeles. You are Locked On Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Got the drink in me going back to back. Yeah, going back to back. I got the drink in me going back to back. Yeah. Rams Nation, what's happening, what's good? It's your boy Bear Motter of Rams Podcast, but this is Lockdown Rams. It's the Friday edition of Lockdown Rams, and you heard the intro music. We're going back to back, my friends, and if you don't know what that means, that means James Kroger is back with us. The man, the myth, the legend, James Kroger. James, how you doing, bud? Whew, I love that intro music, Bears. Thank you for that. I'm so happy to be back. We had, I, I, I pretty much came back last week and we chatted a f- few times this week and thought, you know what, let's do it again. That was so much fun. I was so happy to be back on the mic. So thanks for having me on and everybody on your Friday commute or wherever you are. Thank you for listening. Oh man, we are glad to have you. And it was either back to back or Mace, welcome back. Something involving mm, coming that's a back. Good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, <laughs> but we're we're glad to have you back, man. Uh, if you guys are listening for the first time, make sure to go give him a follow at jkroger3, also uh, via Rams podcast. Uh, myself at la underscore rambling bear and locked on Rams. You can find the show on the streaming app Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, all over the place. Uh, check them out. Download Himalaya. Tell me what you think about it. Woo! You know, got to get those plugs out of the way early. Ugh, often. There's so many ways to listen to podcasts these days. Sheesh. Ridiculous. I recommend Himalaya. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> uh, but we're excited to have you on, dude. I hope this is something that we can continue to keep doing because uh, it just brings you back to the day when we were cracking beers and doing podcasts at the very beginning when there was back in the Jeff Fisher days. And now here we are. Uh, we're Oof, gonna, we're, I know we're gonna, we're going to talk about Sean McVay and where he ranks in the coaching hierarchy uh, in an article I saw. We're also going to talk about we talked about Todd Gurley last time. We're going to go a little bit deeper into the depth of the running back position. Another great article that came out. Well, I don't know if it's great, but it kind of slotted us at a certain position. We'll debate about that. Talk a little mm-hmm. bit. But I want to start out. We just started out our schedule preview segment. Uh, with the Lockdown Podcast host around the country, we did uh, Carolina Panthers yesterday. If you guys didn't catch it, go back, check it out. Great podcast catching up on all the things going out there at Carolina, how we're going to match up week one with them. But it got me kind of looking at the schedule as I started planning more of these and looking down the future. And and I just got caught up in the schedule. And I haven't talked to you about it. I know we were texting uh, when the schedule came out. It was you know prime time TV now, which in fact I saw – I think it was today or yesterday that they are going to be moving the combine to prime time. The draft is now in prime time, you know, that we've seen. Uh, They're going as much prime time with football with every aspect. At some point, uh, you know, it's it's just ridiculous where they're going to draw that line. But back to the schedule, we were texting and I never got to really hear it from you. What what are your thoughts about this schedule? Is it tough? Is it easy? Do you see like undefeated season? Talk to me a little bit about the overview Mm. of the schedule and how you think the Rams are. I'm excited about the schedule, dude. I, you know, as you mentioned, we were texting about it. And for the most part, I think it's somewhat of an easy schedule, which is, is, is pretty relieving feeling, you know, coming out of that Super Bowl. You know, typically the Super Bowl teams kind of get a, a, a tough schedule, but we are traveling, you know, with the Cincinnati game. So that does kind of suck, but it seems a little bit more tough in the beginning, the very beginning. And then 
looks like it's going to be a little bit easier towards the end. So yeah, the Carolina game, that's going to be a nice welcome back uh, for us. But what I'm really excited to see is the Saints game, dude. Mm. We all know uh, how much Jared Goff looks at the Drew Brees and the coaching there. And that's that's a team we have a brand new rivalry with, right? After the last season and the call and all of the issues that were brought up and how it got brought to Congress, uh, the call. And I've been getting ESPN updates all off season long about that call and what the refs are going to do and how they're going to handle it. And there's been so much chat about it. So, you know, this is going to be an emotional game. It's going to be a, a, a grudge fest uh, between these two teams. I'm happy that we're at home. For that, of course, I hope that, you know, the Ram- the, the Saints fans do travel well. Uh, so I'm hoping that in the Coliseum, Rams fans show up uh, for that for that game in mid-afternoon. So the Saints game is probably what I'm most excited about now because it's early and we all know all the drama associated with that. And then, of course, we, we, we face Cleveland uh, in Cleveland next and we all know all the offseason moves that they had. I can't right. wait to, uh, you know, that's a highly talked about game. It's going to be a Sunday night football game. I'm pretty sure. So uh, that's going to be really cool too, because they're getting a ton of hype. I almost, you, you were talking about it uh, on your podcast, I think on the Wednesday episode, but you said that I, you wish that the Browns had um, the HBO hard knocks yeah. again this season, just because of, of all of their offseason moves. So, you know, that's, that's going to be, super interesting and you know they have all the tools in the toolbox but are they going to have the chemistry are these guys going to make it happen are they going to be a real threat and get to the playoffs and make something happen there so they're going to be facing the los angeles rams uh in the third game of the season on primetime football so that's a huge opportunity for them to really shine and you know should be an amazing game so those, you know, week two and week three uh, right now, it's just got the, the bullseye for me. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Right out the gate. And you talked about how the schedule, it does line up to look harder at the beginning. Um, and then the second half is, I don't want to say it gets easy, but obviously when you play the Arizona Cardinals twice in the second half, uh, you start to think, yeah, that's the easier <laughs> side of your schedule. Uh, but, you know, you talked about that Cleveland game and the, you know, their opportunity to prove to everybody that they can hang in, in, you know, the top of the league by playing the Rams. I feel like every team that is going to play the Rams this year has that, you know, talking yesterday yeah. with Bill from Locked On Panthers, he was talking about how they get to open up with the NFC champs and they get to prove that, you know, they lost seven games in a row mm. to end the season, that they can prove that they're back and they can, you know, contend and hang with the big dogs. And obviously that Saints game, same thing. It's going to be, you know, this was supposed to be our championship, blah, blah, blah. Um, it was funny. I actually saw a Game of Thrones thing that said, like, fans are petitioning to have them redo the season and are bringing this forward into, like, suing Game of Thrones. And someone else responded, like, oh, those Saints fans at it again. Dude, the social media makes everybody think they have so much power these days. It's like, let's start a petition. Like, like they're really going to go back and refilm all Game of Thrones and all these silly petitions going around. But, okay, but James, like we got 5,000 signatures. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's pretty silly, but it, and and so was the whole thing that uh, the Saints ended up going through, you know. With but this is the moment, you know. Week two, we get a chance to get some revenge and you know really finish them off in our own mm-hmm. stadium. And you're right, uh, they travel well, and the Coliseum's been known to sell seats to the other teams. So we'll see how that kind of plays out. But another one I'm really excited about is Sunday, November seventeenth. That's the Bears. They're coming out here again. You talk about that Saints game. Uh, was on the road last year. Bears were on the road. We get these teams now at home. 
uh, really chance to hopefully open up the offense and score some more points because the last two times, especially with the Bears, uh, that wasn't the case. So lots of good stuff. I mentioned my favorite thing about the schedule, seeing Arizona twice in the last like six weeks is really good. At Dallas near the end of the season is going to be tough. And one of them that I talked about earlier, but Thursday night uh, early in the year, which is good to have your Thursday night early, I feel like. Uh, but it's week five. After we play Tampa Bay, we go on the road to Seattle on a short week. So that one's going to be tough. You're going on, on the road to Seattle on a short week. Uh, that's another tough game on the schedule. Yeah, and you know, coming back from Tampa Bay, that's going to be the the Sioux Revenge game. Or no, there's there's not that much drama going on there. But yeah, dude, heading up to Seattle, those bastards. So that'll be uh, that'll be interesting. But keeping that talk within our division, you keep you mentioned the the Cardinals twice. Uh, you know, at the end of this at the end of the season, you know, it's right now I'm seeing tickets for sale <laughs> for like twenty five dollars, but. With Kyler Murray and and that move that they made in the offseason, are they now not as much of a joke as they were for our division previously? Because yeah. we, we we talked last year before the season, like who's the biggest threat in the NFC West? Well, dude, uh, I don't know. Arizona's kind of sneaking up behind yeah, us. Yeah, it's crazy. Arizona's definitely closing the gap in the whole NFC West. I don't think they're going to jump all the way up and really threaten the Rams. But you're right. They had a great draft. They got right. a lot of young talent. Uh, David Johnson, great running back, now has this dual threat quarterback that may open it up for him a little bit more. He's was known as being a great pass catcher. They didn't utilize him that way with Cliff Kingsbury now there. Maybe they start to give him the ball more and they start to use him a little bit how we use Gurley in the past couple mm-hmm. of years. And you're right. And all of a sudden that offense, uh, you know, can start to explode. And we saw it's possible to go from four wins to 11 wins in one season. So we don't want to put anything past us. And you're right. right. Watch, watch me sit here and eat my words. Week 17 is going to be the toughest game of our schedule fighting to play uh, for the playoffs, but we'll have to <laughs> see how it shakes out. Oh my God. Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to step aside. We're going to take a quick break, get some words from some of our sponsors. We'll be right back. Friday edition, lockdown Rams, James and bear right after this. Got the drink and me going bad to bed. Yeah. Going bad to bed. I got the drink in me going bad to back. Yeah, I'm going bad to back. I don't want to hear about the seven again. Not even when she tell them that they better as friends. All right, Rams Nation, we are back. Friday edition. The man, the myth, the Kroger is with us. Back-to-back weeks. I'm stoked. We got to keep hyping them up, people. We got to get them back here, make this a thing that we do. I love closing the week talking with my man, James Kroger. Um, and... Last week, we talked a little bit, you know, we kind of hit on some of the the players and the storylines because we're really just catching up. Um, I want to talk a little bit further about Todd Gurley, one of the guys that we talked about last week and, you know, expectations for him and and what we kind of built last week. And then I saw an article today that I want to give a big shout out actually to one of our listeners on Twitter, Henry Bear, which, by the way, can't go wrong with that Twitter name. Big fan. <laughs> uh, I actually think he's from Germany. I, I checked into the, the profile, if that's accurate. That's pretty awesome. Uh, so, Henry Bear, thanks so much for for tagging me in this. But uh, he tagged me in a Bleacher Report article that had the power rankings of NFL running back depth charts. And I think I think the key word there is the depth mm. chart of the running back position. But uh, right. Rams ranked in at number 15. The funny thing is I sent you this article saying, hey, we're going to talk about this tonight. But I sent the one... Uh, from I think 2015 or something like that, the year that Todd Gurley was drafted into the NFL. <laughs> right. And we were ranked 16th then with a rookie Todd Gurley coming out, Zach Stacy, a few other guys. Um, and it's crazy to think that here we are coming off of a year where Todd Gurley, yes, we all know that he stumbled near the end, but had an MVP-type season during the beginning. And going into this year, 
Uh, we're only one higher than we were when we drafted him, which was 16 back in the day. Now 15. I'll lay it over to you just to tell me initial thoughts on this, and we'll kind of dive a little bit deeper into it. But when you first saw it, what were your thoughts? Yeah, dude, I'm so happy that you mentioned the word depth because as I look at this list, some things it's it's kind of weird because it because it it seems like a lot of these rankings are based off of the lead running back or the you know the the number one position for running back for some of these teams. For example. the Washington Redskins. I mean, they're on there with Adrian Peterson. You know, are they really above the Rams when it comes to overall depth? I you know, yes, they got Chris Thompson back there as well. But, you know, uh, it seems like Adrian Peterson is a real reason behind this. By the way, Adrian Peterson, thank you very much. Helped me win my fantasy football league Hey-o. last season. So I do agree with the Redskins ranking them high. So if this was a starting running back list, then it would make a little bit more sense that the Redskins are potentially in the top, the top 10. Uh, so what I'm seeing here, they got Buffalo Bills number five with LaShawn McCoy leading, you know, Frank Gore behind him as well. So this is, you know, you and I have talked about a few times on Rams podcast and, and lockdown Rams previously, like these lists before the season actually started, just opportunities for the media to debate and total opinion because you never know how the season's going to roll out. You know, they got the Cleveland Browns at number three with Nick Chubb. They're starting, but yeah, they have, Kareem Hunt back there, which is, we all know, is an amazing uh, running back with a ton of potential. Um, So, but at the same time, Cleveland Browns, we don't, like I said, on paper, as we previously talked about the schedule, yes, they look like they're going to be sick and awesome. And, uh, but you never know with these stars on the team how everything's really going to play out. So, automatically putting them at number three for running back depth is. Kind of a weird thing. Um, so the Eagles, Patriots, you know, those I, I could see them being really high up on the list. But to answer your question for where the Rams stand, I kind of think they need to be in the top 10. I think we're getting some major underestimation of the potential behind Malcolm Brown and Daryl Henderson, who we drafted this year because it's come out that, you know, our organization has mentioned that Daryl Henderson could potentially be some sort of like a Camara threat. So he could be catching the ball as well. And we know how uh, much Sean McVay likes to open up that offense. So I think the real reason that we're kind of pushed a little bit far back in this is in this list is because Todd Gurley's kind of questionable knee problems that he's been experiencing. And, you know, right now we're, it, we're saying that it's just uh, kind of a minor issue and they're going to take a little bit off of his workload, lighten his workload a bit. But, you know, I think, I think a major reason that the Rams are number 15 on this list when I believe they should be higher, especially if the list is, is talking about depth is kind of due to that, that Todd Gurley injury yeah. or quote injury. And then we don't know how, you know, everybody has high expectations for Daryl Henderson, but we don't really know how he's going to be next year and how the Rams are going to utilize him. But and we also know we made an amazing move in the offseason by matching the uh, the salary negotiations for Malcolm Brown, and we're super happy to have him back. And talk about depth, dude. I mean, that's looking pretty strong, not to mention John Kelly and Justin Davis as well. So I think the Rams need to be higher up on this list. Some of the teams that I saw in front of the Rams were a little – Questionable. I mean, uh, talk about the Seahawks too. We're talking about the division and the schedule. Yes, they have Chris Carson, Penny, CJ Procise. They do have depth there. But when talking to those guys and uh, doing our bets with them, and um, you know, th- th- I guess they do have depth potential there, but they don't really have that solid, real solid running back person um, yeah. to be you know four 
places above us. Yeah, and Penny was, I mean, it was a reach in the first round. Never, I mean, hasn't really lived up to that yet. Uh, Procise, same thing, has been off and on injured, so the depth there is kind of confusing. But yeah, if you just look at a few of the teams around us, I mean, you talk right ahead of us is the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I get Zeke Elliott, but then Tony Pollard and Mike Webb Jr., are better as a as a depth, and I think you're right. I think a lot of this has to be do with you know Gurley's health as a starter. I think if he was full strength and had no question marks, I think we would be at least you know five, six, seven spots up. But Malcolm Brown also coming off an injury, which I'm not too worried about because I, I believe it's a clavicle. You know, what I mean, like it's not like it's his ACL or um, you know anything to do with how he runs. It's something I think that he's been able to stay in condition. Uh, they're excited about the way he's come along, and he talked about Henderson, the rookie. I, I not get a lot of credit because I haven't seen him in the NFL, right? You got to prove some points, but yeah, some of these are just kind of shocking to me on, on how it's kind of brought into, you know, the ranking systems. I mean, the saints, obviously Kamara, amazing Latavius Murray first year in that system behind him, Dwayne Washington. So I, I don't see how they're at 10 and the Rams are at 15. Again, it comes down to opinion, like you said, but it is kind of funny that two of the, Three division opponents are ahead of us with the 49ers at nine. And I believe the Seahawks were at 11. Uh, so not getting a lot of love in our own division. I kind of like it, though. Uh, we're talking about, you know, we talked about in the last couple of days how some of the noise in the offseason has been quiet on the Rams because I think people are maybe thinking kind of uh, they got, I don't want to say got lucky last year, but uh, it hasn't been a lot of hype about this. There's been a lot of offseason moves that have mm-hmm. brought attention elsewhere. Uh, but yeah, man, I think this is uh, good for the Rams to kind of build this chip back on their shoulder. It was the mentality that they had last year going into the whole season, like us against the world. Everyone thinks that we can't do it and we're going to do it. And they really came together as a team. This is just another thing that can kind of go into that conversation. So I found it interesting. and I, I'm, I'm glad to be able to chat with you about it and break it down. Cause yeah, I mean, as I continue to scroll here, it's like, I think I, I got to Buffalo bills at what are they here at number five. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I get it. Frank Gore, Frank Gore has been a beast for a long time, but uh, LaShawn McCoy uh, hasn't had a blow up year in the past couple of years, at least, you know, in my opinion, in the article, even says he's coming off of his worst season. Uh, Frank Gore's 36. What if we thought about this from just a fantasy perspective? You know, like if you're going to pick two running backs from one team, right, wouldn't that equal top? you know, top list for, for depth and running back situation. If you're thinking fantasy, would you put the Buffalo bills as number five as like who you would choose to, to dominate in fantasy with LaShawn McCoy and Frank Gore? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I get what Think you're saying. Thinking about it that yeah, way. I get what you're saying. And, and I always love a little fantasy talk as we get closer uh, to the season here because who doesn't love some fantasy talk, but yeah, I'm a former chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A year ago, you didn't want to talk about it at all. Your wife was kicking your butt in the league and now all of a sudden you're champion and, uh, it's a different story, but uh, yeah, one of the teams, Cleveland Browns up here. I get it. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt when he comes off suspension, Duke Johnson. Uh, they've got a pretty stacked lineup, but man, I, I, uh, I'm excited to see Todd Gurley get healthy. And really, I think Henderson's going to blow this thing up and really be you know, exciting uh, as well as Malcolm Brown. So I think our depth, I'm really excited about our depth. I mean, if I were to put this, I don't know if I'd put us mm-hmm. in the top three. I don't know if I'd have us in the top five. But we definitely be in the top ten, maybe you know seven, eight, somewhere in that range. And I'm really feeling good about these guys coming into. I think it's a perfect uh, compliment to Jared Goff. And Jared Goff was the number one quarterback coming out of play action last year. So the run game is important. We talked about that O line and how there's a lot of questions mm-hmm. there. So it's going to be interesting. But we're going to step aside. We're going to take a break. Get a couple words from our sponsors. We're going to be back on their side. We're going to talk about another list I saw on the wonderful internet today. That's going to create a little bit of debate for us. 
All that and more. Third segment coming up. Locked on Rams Friday. James and Bear right after this. Got the drink and me going bad to bad. Yeah. Going bad to bad. Got the drink and me going bad to bad. Yeah. I'm going bad to bad. All right, Rams Nation. Third and final segment of the week. That's it. We'll be back next week. James hopefully will be joining us again. He is back gracing us with his presence. We're talking all things Rams, all things football. We hit a little bit of the schedule, which, James, I'd like to go a little deeper into that with you. Maybe uh, next time we have you on, we'll just go 1 through 17, and we'll uh, do some predictions and start maybe throwing out scores and win losses and stuff like that because I think we could have fun doing that. Um, Then we talked about the Todd Gurley and our running back depth. I think we're all on a different page on where we feel about it. Obviously, we've got some some Homer glasses on as we look at it, but I don't think we're 15 as we talked. And now I want to talk about another list that I saw. This was on SportingNews.com, and let's see what it's labeled here. NFL coach rankings, best to worst of the league's coaches in 2019. So I kind of spoiled this. I, I shared the article with you, but if you were to guess, would you have had a guess on where you thought McVay would have ranked? Yeah, dude. I mean, yes. In my heart, he's always number one. You know that. Uh, But, dude, yeah. I mean, of course, Bill Belichick, classic, uh, won the Super Bowl over who? Number two, Sean McVay and the Rams. I would definitely rank. If I were to be super authentic, I'd have to put Belichick number one because he beat us in the Super Bowl. Okay. But some things about this list kind of bother me because we're talking about 2019, right? Like best and worst coaches, least coaches in 2019. Yeah, like coming into this. Yeah, coming into this season. So, okay. Sean Payton, Saints number three. I see that. Andy Reid, I agree with that. But then we get to number five. Pete Carroll, you know, if this was uh, – Seven, eight years ago, then of course, for you know, sure. I, I'm going to jump in here because Pete Carroll did a hell of a job last year with a team that I felt like I could only name like six starters on their team. And one of them's Russell Wilson. And if you asked me who the best offense player was, I would have said Russell Wilson. If you asked how they score points, I would have said Russell Wilson. How do they stop people on defense? I probably would have said Russell Wilson. Uh, so that team wasn't a lot. And they became, uh, I think they were the leader as far as rushing yards in the NFL. They, they changed how they were doing things. And he squeaked into the playoffs. They made it in the playoffs. They were competitive down in Dallas on the road, had a chance to win that game late. Uh, he's one of the few coaches on this list that has a playoff record above 500. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm a little, you know, I'm a little different there with you because I get it. As of, you know, you're looking at last year, they were, you weren't blown away by them. But I think that's why he got the nod here is because one uh, playoff record, they're kind of pulling in overall uh, stuff in this as well. But then just what he did with his team last year, kind of taking a, I don't want to say a nothing team, but a team that was really close to being out of the playoffs, you know, in about 11, 12 weeks into the season and all of a sudden made a really good push and made the playoffs. So I'll, I'll give him that there. Okay, right. But let's let who, what name did you say about four or five times in that sentence was Russell Wilson, right? So uh, is that necessarily a great coach because Russell Wilson is so athletic and such an amazing quarterback that he was the whole offense last season. And he, he is the one that made all this happen. Is it, is that Pete Carroll, uh, you know, pulling the strings or is that Russell Wilson's athleticism and ability to be an amazing quarterback? I mean, what do you, yeah, you well, know? that's kind of, that was, that was part of my point is they switched it. it I mean, Russell's still always doing everything in, with, for the Seahawks, but they were, they were running the ball so well last year. They switched it up. they, you know, they really struggled on their O-line. We know that from talking uh, with the Seahawkers podcast. They're always complaining about the O-line. And now here they had, you know, a really good O-line and, and moved the ball on the ground. So um, it, it is. It, it could be – that's what's fun about this, right? You're looking at this list. One that I I would 
argue and it hurts even to do it, but that I think he deserves a better position. Um, you listed up to five there. It goes six was John Harbaugh, which I feel like is a little high for him. Uh, but, you know, again, another player that maybe saved their season. Better playoff winning percentage than Carroll, though. There you go. Uh, and number seven is Doug Peterson. I think this is a guy that I think would I would probably want to see a little bit higher. I mean, you talk about uh, having Carson Wentz, same as Jared Goff, that same draft year, right? Uh, he's got a four and one record in the playoffs. The only one was just coming last season to exit. Uh, he's won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. He got all the way into the playoffs with a backup quarterback. They actually came out to LA mm-hmm. twice and handed us loss out here in LA uh, versus Sean McVay, who's listed at number two. So he's had that head to head with some of these really good coaches. He also beat, obviously, Bill Belichick in the Super Bowl the year before. So he's got some big wins. He's got some big playoff experience. He's done a lot with not a lot given to him as far as, you know, going through the injuries with Wentz and everything like that. So I would have liked to see him, him a little bit higher. I would think Peterson would be above Harbaugh and Pete Carroll. I would put Henderson or Peterson at number five, dude. And then let's move down to this a little bit more to Mike Tomlin. Number eight, really? I mean, yes, back in the day, of course, but I don't think he was the best manager of his team last year with all the drama yeah. going on. He, I, I'm surprised if this is the 2019 list, Tomlin at number eight, I would I would even put Anthony Lynn above him for sure. And then, of course, the I actually would probably toss the Colts and Bears coaches above Mike Tomlin for heading into 2019. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I mean, the wheels definitely fall off for the Steelers and – you know, going back to McVay, I mean, I, I just kind of want to talk about this a little bit, but um, you know, he's he's twenty four and eight. I mean, as a head coach, which is awesome. Obviously, two of those playoff, <laughs> two of those losses coming in the playoffs, so twenty four and six in the regular season. I mean, the, the guy's just been awesome uh, as far as putting together record. Amazing on the road. We talked about this yesterday. The first year as head coach, I think he only lost one game on the road. Overall, obviously, we're still really early in this for Sean McVay, but uh, he's already pumped out. Uh, football coaches, the the Sean McVay tree is growing. So uh, I, I love what he's done, and I think he deserves to be high on the list. It is shocking to me to him to be all the way up at number two this early in his career over guys like we said, Sean Payton and Andy Reid and Pete Carroll and all those guys. But, um, you know, they're definitely pulling most recent stuff and kind of ranking this. And I love that he's number two, by the way, because – like you said at the very beginning to open this, uh, Sean McBay, like I, we can't get enough of this guy. So uh, it's finally seeing people understanding what we are seeing and, and falling in love with and how fast he turned around. We talked about it earlier, uh, you know, when we were talking about the Cardinals from, you know, that he did a turnaround with the Rams from four wins to 11. Uh, you know, he lose that playoff game to Atlanta the next year, but he comes right back, goes all the way to the Super Bowl. So I got some really, really good things going for him. And to add to uh, you know all of your uh, awards you're given to him and all the the credentials you give him to him, did you see the article that came out this morning that basically said Aaron Donald, one of the best, if not the best players in the NFL, said you know it's described what it's like to play for a genius in Sean McVay and said that he's uh, when it comes to football, a man knows everything you need to know about football. He's a genius. So when you have somebody on the other side of the ball coming out and speaking to you like that, such a big name in the NFL, like you know. He said he's definitely the type of coach you want to go out there and battle for. I love coach to death. So all the chemistry with this team, the fact that we we're able to go to the Super Bowl last year and then we're, you know, Super Bowl favorite this year, just speaks to the impact that young Sean McVay, who's younger than both of us, by the way, <laughs> makes me feel pretty shitty. Uh, we haven't taken anybody to the Super Bowl, but 
dude, Trauma Faye deserves to be at number two. All right, all right. I dig it. I, I, I definitely think he's a top five guy, potentially even a top three guy. I was just shocked to see him up there that early. And the reason why I want to talk about it, because all the counter hate that I saw online from all the other fans from other teams going like, oh, Sean McVay is overhyped. And I don't think he's overhyped. I think he's really, you know, he's putting together a resume in a really, really who short. Who else would you put above? Who would you put above Sean McVay? Uh, you know, honestly, it's it's close. Um, you know, I, I mentioned Doug Peterson. I don't want to, you know, rile things up. But I think with just when you're looking at the criteria of how this was built, his record in the playoffs, the injuries that he had to deal with at massive positions to be able to still, you know, move forward. And then the head-to-head you know, uh, record versus Sean McVay in that case. Also, maybe would put him up. Sean Payton, just, I mean, he's eight and six in the playoffs. Um, but just that how consistent he's been with an offense. And we haven't seen him really without Drew Brees, which is always an mm-hmm. interesting case when you start to look at how, you know, you look at Belichick and Brady and, you know, hopefully Goff and McVay, how that can grow over, over time. But, um, you know, that's another guy that might be in contention there. Andy Reid, I mean, turning around the Chiefs and getting them up to where they are, they've got to really, you know, that game against the Patriots, they've got to win that game for him to slide up on this list because he's kind of notoriously known for, Mm -hmm. you know, getting to the conference championship and losing. He did it with the Eagles, it felt like three or four times in a row. Uh, They just couldn't get over that hump until they got T.O. And then we all saw how that, you know, fell apart with, you know, McNabb throwing up in the huddle and T.O. with a broken ankle. Uh, in that Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a debate for every one of these guys, especially the guys that have been in the league for a long time. It's really hard because Sean McVay's only been a short period of time, but that short period of time is really, really awesome. So uh, I'm with you. I'm happy. I like him at two. I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to uh, write a tweet to get him out of the two spot. So is, is Sean Payton the, your guy? Is Sean Payton the, your your guy above McVay? No, yeah, well, you know. Or is yeah, it Peterson? I, I was kind of saying a couple names. Yeah, I was trying to wiggle out. I was trying to whistle out a little bit, but I, I would probably, I'd almost say uh, no. Peterson uh, because of the head-to-head matchup, um, and then maybe uh, Peyton would be after that. But, you know, thank oh, God I didn't have to write okay. this article. So check out my Locked on <laughs> Eagles Bears new show. <laughs> oh, man, I'm trying to reverse jinx us. I'm just joking. I, I, I like it, dude. I like Peterson. I'm, I'm totally putting you on the hot seat right now. No, that's all good. But that's what Friday's all about. That's what Friday's all about, man. Having some good laughs, uh, a few nervous sweats, and a few beers, because I definitely cracked a couple beers while we've been going along <laughs> here. Uh, but I looked up, man. We are we are cruising through our time. We're past 30 minutes, so uh, we'll wrap this up as I'm sweating. <laughs> I love Sean McVay, I promise. <laughs> But, dude, always a pleasure. I hope that you come back because, again, we've got a long list of things that uh, we didn't get to and uh, we'll pile on for next week. I'm already thinking of fun things to talk about with you. We'll bring back some of our old games from Rams Podcast. We'll just have a great time on here. So, everyone, go give James a follow at jkroger3 at Rams Podcast at Lady Gaga Fan Club. (laughs) The man, the myth, the legend, James Kroger. Thanks so much for coming on, James. Thanks, dude. Thanks for having me, and I'll see you all next week. Woo! Stamp it. Double stamp it. Drake, you need a new song called Back to Back to Back. We are out, folks. You know what it is. Until next time. Peace. Got the drink in me going back to back. Yeah, going back to back. I got the drink in me going back to back. Yeah, I'm going back to back. I don't want to hear about the seven.